This episode is sponsored by Iceland Air. This is the Conquer Local podcast, presented by Vendasta, with your host, George Lee. Well, I know one thing. You are going to love the interview this week. I sat down with a good buddy of mine, Todd Collins, the Chief Operating Officer of Platinum Reputations. Platinum Reputations is an agency based out of Maryland. Todd, actually, and uh, Nick, his partner, are customers of ours of Vendasta. I met him after we had a business relationship for about a year, and we'd only talked over the phone, but we met face-to-face about two years ago, and uh, it was friends-on from that moment on because Todd is a fantastic guy. He's a hard worker, and he's not afraid to talk about the challenges that he's had in life. In fact, I really admire Todd because he is bearing his soul in this upcoming episode, the latest Conquer Local podcast with the one and only Todd Collins is next. I'm pumped to get a microphone in your hand and get you on the podcast, Mr. Todd Collins. Yeah. Todd, you know, it's really, it's always a pleasure to speak to you. And you, you and I text a lot and, and I'm inspired by what you're doing. I've, I've always admired your work ethic and what you're doing in your business. You're helping a lot of people. You told me earlier today you have 400 customers that are trusting you with, with helping their businesses and, and, and helping them feed their kids, you know, with that. And, I, and you get that. And, and I've always admired that about you. But Todd, let's talk about your business. Tell everybody about your business. Tell them how you started. And, uh, and then we'll dig into I've got some questions I want to ask you. Let's dig into this. Yeah, it's it's uh, it started off as something you know, quite small. So um, just kind of the story behind it is uh, we started off as a defamation removal company, and that's kind of how we you know we got connected. You and I got connected was through uh, reputation management, more, but more on the personal side for people, um, and uh, that kind of evolved from the standpoint as I had a, a friend of mine who owned a restaurant. Uh, this was you know, early 2000s. Yelp was just kind of making its presence known in the in the restaurant industry, and uh, he had some negative reviews that were on there that contained some some information that I would say, in my personal opinion, was considered slanderous or unsubstantiated, um, and it and it seemed like it was against their terms and conditions. And and the, and the reason obviously Yelp was important to him at that point in time was that that was the go-to uh, review platform for what customers were thinking. Hey, this is where I want to check this next place out. So we took a look. A look at a couple other reviews, and uh, we noticed that that information was inside some of those reviews. We we showed him how to flag those, and lo and behold, three to five days later, the, a couple of those reviews came down, and the light bulb had to, happened to go off again. Um, and then we started looking for a for a partner that could that could help us from a software standpoint, and uh, you appeared. So you and I met um, in a in a coffee shop in Baltimore, and that's where your agency is based out of, is that market, and and uh, your business has grown like crazy since that time. And, uh, you know, you're, you're servicing customers, and, uh, you know, I think on stage at one point in time, we were, I, I said, if you look up salesperson in the dictionary, there's a picture of Todd Collins and George Leith. Um, let's talk about your career as a salesperson and, and some of the, the trials and tribulations of that. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, originally um, I, was, I was a terrible student in school, um, admittedly, just very bad. Um, and I actually just wrote about this on LinkedIn. It's pretty funny. Um, I, I, I was a great athlete, but terrible student. Um, very difficult to stay focused on things that I had zero interest in. Uh, and that kind of started evolving. And as I got older, as I got out of high school and things of that nature, I was not finding, um, I was not finding a career easily. Um, I didn't know what to do at that point. And it just so happened I had come across an ad in the newspaper uh, for a car salesman. And 
uh, I, I went, I interviewed. Um, I think I barely skated by the interview. Uh, and then I, uh, I started selling cars. And believe it or not, um, my first year in the car business was was pretty bad. Like, I, I, I don't think I was that great. I, I was probably still not focused. Um, it, however, another opportunity arose. I went and moved to another dealership at that point and uh, was then, then was actually trained. Um, and that's, that's one of the things that I, I do notice, I think, that, that will, will help a, a beginning salesperson is that there has to be some sort of platform in the very beginning to base, base, it, all of, uh, base it all up from. And, and it's definitely training. There's no question about it. What, what type of car? What was the, the car organization that trained you? It, so it's funny you say that. So originally it was a, it was a used car department, um, which I felt comfortable with, but it was, it was Honda and BMW. And, and in the 2000s, selling a Honda or BMW certified pre-owned uh, was fairly easy. This was not something that could be difficult. But um, it, believe it or not, APB was, um, was the training course that I took. Um, and APB um, is a very old school uh, sales training process, but can be utilized uh, very well. I don't. I think in any vertical, um, and that's where uh, I started. That's how it started for me, and you from know, there I blossomed. When I was in the in the radio business early in my career, I, I went to work for a radio station, and this this crazy guy sat down next to me one day, and he was our new sales guy. I'd only been there about four or five months, and and his name was Rick, and he had came from the local car dealership, and this guy was unbelievable car salesman and and he gave me my first sales training pieces which were cassette tapes that he had you know that you know I maybe he'd been given them or whatever but they were from uh, an automotive training course and that was where I got some of my first training as well it, it seems the automotive industry does a great job of training and and the other thing that I find really interesting and that's why I asked what the what the the car make was is that the the manufacturers are great at product training because they recognize that you need to know a lot about the product in order to get buy-in from the prospect yeah um and and knowing that was great however i think what ended up happening is actually during that training i was given a book called think and grow rich um and if you haven't read that book then i 100 percent recommend that you read that book it's, it's a great book it's one of the oldest books in the world it's probably just <laughs> as old as the bible <laughs> but um napoleon hill uh i think was was the author of that book if i'm not mistaken but he it, it, it just resonated with me and it, it honestly was an awakening um i finally had a purpose and once and i was extremely interested and i was not as interested about selling cards as i was understanding the psychology and almost the warfare of trying to win the battle of negotiation and that is what I became obsessed with um, and trying to be the winner and trying to be the champ. And, and then at that point, um, I just became extremely competitive. I wanted to be the best. I wanted to have my name on the plaque. I wanted to be the guy. Um, and, and I just, and that, that's all it took. Well, thanks for bringing that up because I, you know, you are one of the most competitive people that I've ever met. And it's interesting when I look at elite salespeople and people that I admire with their drive and their tenacity, that competitive thing is so important. Does that mean that if somebody listening to this podcast isn't competitive, they can't be a salesperson? I think it's just something that you have to you, you have to accept the fact that you you are like literally the best salesperson out there. You have to you have to believe that, um, and until you actually believe that you are the, the best at what you do, um, that you you you're never going to reach that pinnacle. 
Um, and a lot of people, I, you know, I used to hear that, that old adage of there's always someone better than you. Uh, I, I don't believe that. Like, you can't believe that. Like, why, why would you even walk into a room knowing and thinking that someone's better than you? And it's funny that Dennis was just on with you because I look up to Dennis so much from that standpoint. And I look up to Dennis from a standpoint of what he understands. Um, from a sales perspective, I still think I'm a better sales guy than Dennis Yu, you know. But <laughs> I love Dennis. Today. But I think, but I think, but I think from from it, from a level of social, from understanding social media and how Facebook works, I don't think there's a guy better than that. And I think he would, you know, he's got that conviction that he will tell you and stand up and say that no, I'm I, I am the best at, at what I do, and uh, and and it's true. And so if you believe it, then other people will believe it too, especially if you have the actions behind it. I find that fiercely competitive people that are always um, in it to win it have lost before. Absolutely. And uh, can we talk about a couple of those? Yeah. Um, so, you know, that car, that car business adage, um, eventually, you know, I started looking at the dealer principles um, and, and, you know, how they were living. You know, I, I was like, I want to live like that. I want, I want the nice cars and I want the big mansion and I want to roll in it one o'clock in the afternoon and sit in one meeting and then drive away and do something. I, I wanted to be a dealer. Um, that, that was it. I, I had to do it. And so I just literally started writing everything. These are all things that I started doing myself, right? I, I started writing down my goals. And uh, in that book, and I still have the book, I wrote it down. I said, by the time I'm 30 years old, I want to own my own car dealership. Um, the opportunity arose. Uh, I took all the cash that I had saved. I went into business with someone, um, and we launched the dealership. Uh, it was a very scary thing. I was married at the time. I had I ju just had a son, and uh, we were off to the races. And then four years later, I find out the partner was embezzling money, and he had a drug issue and things of that nature. And there were things that happened out of, outside of my control, and we lost the dealership. And it was it, it was terrible because at that point I was like, this is it. Like I blew it. I blew my opportunity. I took the risk. I knew I shouldn't have been an entrepreneur. I knew this was a bad decision. I shouldn't have done it. Like, I really got down on myself. Um, and through all during that time I was being sued. I was having to claim bankruptcy. I was having, uh, going through a divorce. Um, if you can imagine kind of all those things culminating at one time, it is extremely defeating. Um, and at that point, you know, there's certain things that go through your mind where you're like, eh, there's a lot of other easier ways out of this. And, and I'm not going to sit here and say that I didn't think about some of those things. Um, and so I just got back on the horse, man. And I, and actually went back into the car business right after that and was still making very good money. I mean, I'm talking, you know, very, when I consider very good money, I consider $300,000 a year, like pretty good money. Like you should be able to be happy. And, um, it just wasn't like it didn't matter. Like there was no amount of money that could make the problems go away. And slowly I just wrote another list down and said, I'm going to scratch each one of these off one by one. Let's get over this hump. Let's get over this hump. Let's get over this hump. You know, and years later, um, Nick, who was my best friend of 32 years now and is now my business partner, 32 years. This guy's been around. This is the funny thing about this, George. Nick has been around for this entire thing. Right, my my best friend, who's now my business partner, has been around for this entire thing. And he waited until I went through all of this stuff to then come to me and say, "Oh yeah, by the way, I have this really good idea. I really want you to get involved with me." Wait until I went through all of it, right? Right. Finally, he said, "You know, this is the time, man. This is the time to take an opportunity uh, and and get out and just try something else. I I really think you can do it. And if your best friend tells you that and has that belief in you, and he's always had that belief in you, um, that is something that can carry you through a lot of stuff." And uh, I just scratched each one off the list and, 
you know, fast forward five years later, um, you know, again, we were in the basement. I was in the basement of my house, no paycheck, owing money on mortgage, no car. I didn't have a car five or six years ago. I mean, this is how crazy this, I, I lost my car. My car was repossessed in front of a client. I mean, this is how yeah, bad these crazy. things got, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I worked my way out of, uh, of all of that. Um, and your software had a lot to do with that. And that's, and because we were able to build so much value and bring so much value to the table, not only with what we were doing from a fulfillment standpoint, but the power of the software to be able to, um, keep these customers in the know. And it's, it's just, uh, those are the stories that I think sometimes you don't hear and how these ideas that you and Brendan had, you know, before all of this happened and what, and the results that have come from, it's pretty interesting. Well, and you know, everybody has challenges. The one thing that I, that I hope to, to get out to the, to the listeners as time goes on, um, we, we've all been there. We've, we've all been down. We've all been beat. We've all been in that, you know, it's almost like a depression thing that kicks in and you got to jump out of the rut you said earlier, you got to dust yourself off, pick yourself up, and get back in there. But you know, the interesting thing, um, three hundred thousand dollars a year, yeah, good money, it was awesome. Cars still weren't happy. No, I was miserable. Um, I'll never forget. I I, I missed my uh, I missed my daughter's birthday party, her third her her second birthday party, her third birthday party. Um, it's out. I can't even remember it. But um, I thought because of the way that I was brought up from a work ethic standpoint that the what whoever I was working for that you stayed until they left um you always did what they needed you worked for them they were paying you so you gave them and I still you know obviously I still do that but um I at the end of the day and I always think back to this at, at 92 years old or 93 years old or my god 85 years old when I'm laying on my deathbed and, and you know my kids are gathered around me I I don't want them to say wow my ta- my dad was just a really great car salesman that is the last thing that I want them to remember about me. What I want them to remember is, man, my dad flew to Canada. He was jet lagged on Saturday morning and he got up and he was coaching my baseball team on Saturday morning. And that's exactly what's going to happen this week. So he was always there for me and things that nature. He provided me with a good, uh, a good work ethic and, and how to live my life. That's the legacy that you want to leave behind, not uh, how great of a car sales guy you were. Yeah, you know, when people looked at this at this podcast and, and uh, looked at this episode, um, I want you to, to give them the learnings that you have, not of, you know, the software and how you've deployed it for the customers, but the, the struggle of being an entrepreneur and, and the tenacity that you've had to build this amazing business that you and your business partner have built. And, and it's not a straight line. It's like we just arrived over here. And Not we got at all. This yeah, business. and I mean, it's it's a, it's it's always going to be like this, just kind of like this EKG that is going to go up and down and up. You're going to have these great times, and you're going to have these bad times, these great times, and these bad times, and it's and it's always going to happen like that. But the thing is, is that I I I don't think I would be as good as I am if those other things would not have happened to me, um, because what drives me is the fact that I don't want to go back there again. And I was just having a conversation with actually somebody who saw me on the, on the panel today. They came out and they, they said to me, and this is just amazing when somebody says something like this to me. They're like, out of everything that I saw listening to you in just the few words that you said, I had to talk to you afterwards and I had to learn more. Um, and it was just, it was the best thing about it. And I was like, wow, this is really interesting. And, and I said to him, um, I said, everybody should realize that. Everybody should realize those lows and those failures because that's what really makes you a much better business person. I don't think from an entrepreneurial standpoint, it's for everyone. I don't, I don't, uh, you have to take those risks, but you have to be willing to go, 
Okay, there's a possibility that I could claim, I have to claim bankruptcy here. There's a possibility that I'm going to go broke and I could be homeless. There's a possibility that I may not have a car. Like there, there's all these possibilities that could happen and that is not for everyone and you just have to take the, uh, you have to take that risk and not everybody's a risk taker if, and that's okay. And like we've talked about before being a sales guy, man, some people might go like, yeah, I really don't like that guy. Boy, he's like super cocky and, and you know, he thinks this doesn't stink or whatever it is. And, and you know, like, honestly, I've, I'm at 39 years old. I just don't give a if they think that. I can pretty much see it coming a mile away when somebody is super driven. And then you, you dig into it with them, they'll tell you, oh, this is what happened. And, that, and I'm going to do everything in my power to run as far away from that. So, well, good for you. Now, let's talk about one more thing. Todd Collins is wasting away. You've never looked healthier and you never looked happier. And, uh, you know, it's, it's an amazing transformation in eight months. Eight months. Um, this, was all part of, this was all part of the plan, uh, like my, just my original plan. My original plan was to, fi- to fix all of these specific things. Um, and then it came time to fix the body because um, I was like, okay, I've, I've fixed the mind. Now it's time to fix the body. Like, how do I want to appear in, in the physical world? Um, what do I want to look like? What do I, what do I want to do? Will I feel better about myself and hold myself better um, if, if I look this specific way? And I just made the decision to do it. And then um, it's just like anything else. It's just like work, right? There's some days you know this. Like there's some days you wake up and you're just like, Man, I don't want to go to the gym today. Or even in the afternoon, you're like, I, I don't have time to go to the gym. And, and the one thing that I've learned from that is that that is complete bull. You know it is. Um, you just don't, don't make the excuses. And everything that you can translate into working out, getting yourself in shape, um, making sure that you're watching what you eat uh, and putting into your body, um, it, it can all translate back to your, to your, work, et- your work ethic um, and the ability to uh, take care of yourself. And you can, you can be a great salesperson, but eventually you're going to wear yourself out. And if you're not in, in top physical uh, peak condition, then it's going to end up catching up to you anyway. So it was just the next logical step, right? Is, is the long hours and the work ethic and all those things easier than it was eight months ago because of, of what's sitting across from me. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think you can reson- you can resonate to that too, right? Like, I mean, yeah, I I'm, I get up and like I'm ready to go. Like, there's no, uh, you know, and I before it was very difficult for me to wake up in the mornings. I was like, you know, slugging myself out of bed. I was like, I can't, I can't make it through another day. And like now, it's like I can't wait to get to the gym, man. So, I, I think pe- with people like us, and and my attention deficit disorder might have something to do with it. I don't know, but be- when I find something that I find interesting, I become obsessed with it, and then I want to be the best at it, and then I want to reach a specific goal. So that's exactly what I did. I said, all right, I'm giving myself, I'm, and I actually give myself ten months. I said, I'm giving myself 10 months. I want to weigh this much. I want to look like this. I want to take my shirt off and see a freaking six pack. I want big packs and I want big arms. <laughs> well, you, uh, I haven't seen you with your shirt off and that's fine. Don't do it. It's all good. Um, but let's, um, let's talk about this goal setting thing. You, you brought up a number of times. This was all part of the plan. I set these goals. Um, it's so bloody important to set those goals. And most people just don't get it. Tony Robbins has this comment about you're another year older and you're no closer to the goals you don't have. Um, and, and, you know, some people say, oh, you're a bloody Tony Robbins disciple. I went to Tony Robbins two years ago and my life's never been going better. Go to, go to, so, go to Tony Robbins and then come out of there and tell me you're not a disciple of Tony Robbins. I'm going, I'm going, to, I'm going to actually I'm, I'm going to eat, be eating lunch with him and Gary Vaynerchuk next month um, on, the, on the 3rd of May, May 2nd. Um, 
So look me up on Facebook and LinkedIn and you'll see me with those guys and hanging out with them. And I mean, that's the other thing is that you, is the minute that you start kind of, <laughs> you know, listen to what these guys say, take the little bits and pieces from them. I think Gary said like, you know, get rid of the people that uh, are weighing you down. Just get rid of them. Matt. You just get them completely out of your, out of your circle. Just do it. Like it's not, they're not even worth having. You're just like only hang around the people that you feel as if you deserve to be, you, you, yeah want to almost model yourself after from from that standpoint and you know i'm not going to sit here and say like hey look i haven't you you're a part of that dennis is a part of that gary's a part of that um you know russell brunson again that's another guy part of it um like uh, we talked about click funnels today i mean i had two or three people walk out of the conference and say I, I I can't believe that these guys didn't know what ClickFunnels were. Like some of the people that were in the con, and I'm like, you know, this this is the education part where you need to self-educate and you need to teach yourself. But writing those things down, my God, come on, you, man. You said something about surrounding yourselves with people that get you towards those goals. People that it's a positive influence in your life. We don't we don't like to we don't like to hear the truth. But the truth is the thing that's going to help you get to that goal. I think the funny thing is we don't want, we don't like to hear from other people. We we I mean we I you know the one thing about this world right now is that we really hate seeing people succeed. We re, it's like almost like it it irks us because what ends up happening is you look at it and you're like, well why can't I be there? Like why why I can do that? Like that guy's a d like look how he acts up there and like things like that and it's like are you really pissed at me, man? Do you are you really mad at me? Are you mad at yourself because you didn't put the work in? to get there or be asked to do that. And like, I think that's really what it comes down to is that's really, you're pissed at yourself, man. You're not pissed at me. You're not pissed at George. You're not pissed at Dennis or Gary or Tony Robbins. Like there, everybody is going to have these like haters out there, right? If you go back and you look at the haters, you start dissecting the haters and what they're doing. It, really what they are is they're just not working hard enough. Now listen, you don't have haters. You're not doing anything cool. I'm good with having haters, man. Like you can hate on me all you want. <laughs> of everybody that I know, you're the one person's like, yeah, give me some haters. Yeah, man. Todd, you are one of the most motivated people that I've ever met. Tell me what the philosophy is. What's what's underneath the hood? What's the philosophy? So it's it's funny you say that because so Dennis and I were actually talking earlier, and uh, I looked at him and I said, you know, um, I'll walk into that room here in a few minutes, and I will not be the smartest guy in that room. In my opinion, you might be, but I believe that I'm the hardest worker in the room, and. You might believe that you're the hardest worker in the room, and Dennis might believe that he's the hardest worker in the room, and, and this guy might also believe that. I, I don't have that mindset. I believe 100% when any room that I walk into that I will outwork the out of you, and I will just bury you because that's why I post on LinkedIn and Facebook all the time. And when you guys were on Easter and you, you guys were chilling with your families, I was in the gym working out at 7 in the morning. Then I got back up and went right back to my office and started working. I work on the days that you're not working because that's how I stay ahead of you. Um, and you can either accept that lifestyle or you can run from that lifestyle and that's okay. That's a personal decision that you've got to make um, and it may not fit your life and it, that's okay, but it fits mine. And so do I believe that I'm going to burn out? No, I don't. And what about stress? I, I, I'm, I just choose what I get stressed about and then I find the solution. Like I'm not going to sit there and like cry about it, right? Like if one of my clients has a problem, just find the solution, make them happy and move on to the next one because you're going to have another fire that's going to follow up. So you just got to accept the fact that when you want to be the man, that you're going to have things that you're going to have to deal with on a daily basis and you just got to figure out a solution to it and make it happen. There's always a solution to a problem and you got to figure it out. So um, people can try to burn me out. It's just not going to happen.
these other changes that you're making, this it's a better Todd Collins sitting across the table from me than, than a year ago. So congratulations. I think that's like the next steps. I think the next step here is like try now, you know, Nick and I are, are, are going to be trying to help other people um, understand that they can build a business um, using a software like Vendasta to, to rebuild their lives and change their lives and, 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 and really put them on the track where they can be free and enjoy their life. Because as far as we know, we get one, right? So we've got to enjoy it and we really have to make sure that we're taking advantage of it and being in a place like Banff and walking outside and sitting in a hot tub pool and looking up this gigantic mountain. I would have never thought that five years ago, sitting in a basement broke as, you know, broke off my ass. So. Yeah, you know, <laughs> there, also, there also is another lesson in it is... Um, I, there were some times when things were good in my life, and there were some times where things were total dog. Yeah. And um, so when something good is happening, I enjoy every minute of it. It's so important to enjoy the good times, and um, because they may not come around again, or you may be heading in, this, this, something might happen. So you better enjoy those good times. I admire the fact you're going to get jet lag and you're going to be at your son's baseball game on Saturday. Right, man. And uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks, George. I appreciate it. Well, listen, when we recorded that interview at Vendasticon, it was emotional. Todd got emotional. I got emotional because he believes something that has been proven over and over again throughout history, and I really believe it to be true, and that is with the right mindset, you can work yourself out of any problem. And the other thing about writing down your goals and putting everything you have into achieving those goals and staying laser-focused on them it's a great motivating podcast. We really hope that you appreciate it. I'm really looking for feedback on it. And so is Todd. I'm going to share the feedback that we get from this podcast with Todd. And you can look him up on Twitter. He's on Facebook. He is an active Instagrammer. And remember this name, Todd Collins, because I think you're going to see some amazing things from him. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Thanks for coming out this week. It is Conquer Local, the podcast. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local podcast with your host, George Leith. Executive producers are Brendan King and Jeff Tomlin. Recording engineer, John Miller. Editing and mixing, Sound Lounge by T-Bone. Writing by Michelin Gadette. Marketing by Devin Hennig, Michael Gatillon, and Brian Larson. Produced by Joshua Baker.